This is Rusty Tanton and Amber Ray, and you're listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network, the show focused on all things Atlanta and sometimes elsewhere. Hey, it's September 14th, and uh, we haven't done a talk in a while, so we figured it's about time. Um, We might as well get right to it. Uh, Rusty has a bunch of voicemails queued up. Most of them are from Jen and Tony, so I guess we'll just go through and play them, and uh, if we have any witty commentary or banter, we'll throw that in (laughs) where appropriate. Yeah, we are seriously uh, behind on playing back some of these voicemails, so apologies to folks. We also Usually it won't be so long between talks. Usually we try to get these voicemails played within a week or two of when you send them to us. You can leave us voicemails calling 678-389-9441. Jen and Tony are awesome because they leave us lots of random voicemails about lots of different topics. And we also have one from Ellie that we'll play here after we get through Jen's and Tony's because it relates to another topic we want to talk about. So here is Jen's first voicemail. Question. Does Gwinnett County really deserve MARTA? I mean, traffic is terrible. It's terrible on 85. It's terrible on 316. It's terrible all the time. They just said they don't want MARTA. I say fuck them. They don't deserve MARTA because if they want to wallow in this goddamn traffic, they deserve it. I agree. They don't deserve MARTA. I agree completely. And uh, actually, Jen has an idea for how to remedy this. It's a little more practical than swallowing Gwinnett into the earth, which also might be nice. So here's her next voicemail. If you live outside the perimeter, you should have to pay a toll tax to get inside. And then maybe we can speed up the paving on the connectors. That's a good idea because all these people come in every day from outside the perimeter and they don't have to contribute to try to keep up the infrastructure that they benefit from. I think something should be done about that. I totally agree. This argument because is because I am not a libertarian not and a I libertarian, hate freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You freedom hater. Yeah. This argument's just about as old as Atlanta slash Georgia politics, uh, at least going back to the fifties. Manuel Malouf, who was the CEO of DeKalb County, actually suggested going around in parking lots and leaving tickets on people's cars who were from outside of DeKalb or Fulton counties. I think that's Why not? Fuck kind of an awesome idea because you're going to come in, you're going to use this system, and yeah, you pay the toll, but you don't pay any of the taxes involved with funding the damn thing. And then whenever a vote comes up, like it just did a couple of months ago in Gwinnett County, you say, oh, no, we don't want to pay for it. We just want to use it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with Jen. Fuck those people. So... All right. You got anything else on that topic? No. Okay, moving on to another topic. This voicemail was from Tony. He uh, apparently heard something on the radio. August 9th, listening to the Braves game, and uh, their Chip Carey died like six days ago. And they're still running a commercial that you can sit in the uh, box with him uh, if you win a contest. I think after six days, they probably should have figured out things. I'm not drunk, by the way. Leaving. <laughs> I really like how he had to qualify it by saying, I'm not drunk, by the way. Well, they should have pulled that ad. Well, here's the thing. He left a voicemail almost immediately after. 
Oh, wait, maybe I am drunk, because uh, that was the uh, going booth with Chip, and Skip was the one that died. So, I'm an asshole. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, uh, the radio didn't screw that up. Tony screwed that up. But that's okay. We're, we're still glad he left a voicemail about it. because Drunk or not, uh, both are encouraged. Indeed. All right, so... This is, I mean, this is the kind of stuff we really like from Jen and Tony because they just leave us all sorts of random thoughts and things on and things they encounter in their daily lives. So here's one from Jen. I just learned that Superman's real name is Cal L. What kind of bullshit name is that? L like the letter? It's, I think it's K-A-L dash E-L. Oh, I think I saw something about that one time. Like it was a, it was a trivia thing or it was probably obscure reference that i didn't get because i was never really into superman i like superman okay i mean i don't know isn't smallville about him yeah smallville's more about clark kent growing up wait how is his real name carl l because he's from a different planet so Clark Kent. So that's his, his bullshit name from another planet, and then Clark Kent is the name, Earth name he got on Earth. Oh, because he's from Krypton. Krypton, indeed. Very good, Amber. I knew that. Nice Everybody work. Everybody knows that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's see one more here from Jen. This will be the last one we play from Jen and Tony. Tony used to think words were interesting, and then he became one. <laughs> Fair enough. Those are words of wisdom. <laughs> and I like how you said, this will be the last one we'll play from Jen and Tony because they're a unit, because they're a couple. You know? They are a we that's, now. That's they are an goes. us. That's how it works. Eventually, you'll find yourself saying, oh, we can't be there that day or we can't No, do they this. already say that. They already say that. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing Jen resisting it, which was kind of funny. All right, so those are the voicemails from Jen and Tony. I, we actually have a couple of more sitting here that I'm going to save for a future podcast um, because they're kind of long. But And I wanted to get Ellie's voicemail in here, too. She responded to a podcast we did, I guess, a month or two ago about uh, the first... Oh, it was more than that. Yeah, I mean, it was whenever the first episode of... Or the first or second episode of Swingtown came out is when we did that. And there have since been like 10 episodes of Swingtown. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that later. But first, we'll play you Ellie's voicemail. Hey, Amber and Rusty. This is Ellie from the Bedroom Radio Podcast. And I just listened to your uh, latest episode. I wish I had come to it live, um, but I, I didn't realize you were doing it until later. Uh, but I listened to it and um, actually did homework before I went ahead and watched those episodes of uh, Swingtown. And I, I just wanted to share some of my thoughts about it as a person that I guess I count as a swinger. I don't really know. We're sort of like uh, slutty polyamorous people or nice, like, relationshipy swingers, so something in between that. Um, and... You know, I thought the criticisms you guys gave of the show were really spot on. Of course, you know the TV seventy stuff was was interesting. The the storylines that seem to be operating are interesting. And honestly, like I thought that the the neatest part of the show was the sort of adolescent storylines and either cliche like you know awkward kid likes other awkward kid or girl has to crush on teacher, but. Those I found more intriguing than anything that was happening with the couples, which is hard, you know, it's weird that that should beat out the, you know, crazy kinky, quaalude sex or whatever. Um, 
And one of the things that I noticed was this character of Janet, um, the, you know, the thwarted old best friend and neighbor. And I was, like, really trying to watch her carefully as I watched the show because I knew she was going to come up as some sort of villain or negative sort of influence, that sort of thing. And um, I thought... It felt a little like uh, she was being sort of condescended to because she isn't making this choice or she isn't familiar or comfortable with these things. And, you know, while I'm definitely a sexually literal person myself, it's it, it was a struggle to kind of watch a woman be put down in that way. But um, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to keep watching the show, honestly. Like, it was just intriguing enough that I thought it's, probably worth it and considering what's normally on network TV like of course it's going to be sensationalistic and over the top and the way they you know set the setting and all of that stuff but um, the stuff here I said definitely makes sense you're right the communication informed consent all that stuff was missing um, and I guess it's, it's not dramatic enough you know if, if the conclusion is going to be yeah we're going to fuck this couple anyway then perhaps am I allowed to fuck in your podcast I just you can beep it if you need to I don't know how like family friendly you try to be I don't know what I'm talking about anyway um, <laughs> one thing that I thought was good is you know even the, the you know real opening beginning scene that showed the swinger couple um, and you saw, like, some jealousy issues come up or some resentment with the wife, um, and she was able to say to her husband about it, like, hey, let's, you know, deal with people our age from now on, that sort of thing. And it seemed like he just took it and accepted it. And um, so there, there's some exhibition of communication, but it seemed like the crucial communication in the show was definitely uh, off stage. And that's, I don't know. For entertainment value, I understand why, but what I use as a role model for how to decide my swinging lifestyle, don't think so. Um, eight tracks and all. So, um, good episode, guys. I really uh, enjoyed listening to it. And next time you do a live thing, I'll I'll try to make it because that sounds like fun. And uh, I hope you uh, appreciate the comments. I'll talk to you later. Bye. First of all, you can definitely say fuck on our podcast. We say fuck a lot. Yeah. Um, so for the same reasons that Ellie said she was going to keep watching Swingtown, you know, it being just intriguing enough. I'm going to take off these headphones now. God, I hate wearing headphones during a podcast. Um, for those same reasons, uh, we kept watching it too, because even though we thought, you know, after the first two episodes, ah, this is cheesy. They're laying the seventies theme on thick. It's. Everybody is extremely typecast. They're not, you know, covering communication. We were still intrigued because it's the first time anything like that has ever been on network television. Absolutely. And so we got hooked, and every episode, honestly, just kept getting well. And you know, less sucky. I, I, I sort of, I definitely stand by those early criticisms of the show because the the characters in the beginning definitely were typecast. But I'm pretty sure we also added the caveat that this is how pilots go. They mm-hmm. they typecast people. They they put the the biggest caricature. They want you to get a, a first impression of the character and have some thoughts about who this person is, and and then they further the development after that and 
or at least hopefully they further the development. And in the case of Swingtown, I think they did a great job of furthering the development and, and uh, gradually breaking those characters out of those typecast molds. And I, what's really sad about it, I mean, they actually have canceled it. They've actually removed Swingtown from the air after 12 episodes. And can't say I'm surprised, but it's disappointing. I mean, I'm interested to find out, and we probably should have looked this up beforehand to see if we could find out, how many episodes they filmed first and then how many episodes they filmed as the the next batch of episodes because they've yeah. shown all the ones they filmed now but i wonder if they filmed like the first few and then they after- usually do it like that i mean i the number i seem to remember was like four initial episodes and eight but don't hold me to that that's it not did an exact get better number. after the yeah. first few especially after those first four episodes the characters yeah. got more well-rounded and still Somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was or where I saw it. I have no idea. Somebody said, you know, the appeal of it is, you know, these aren't real people. You know, these people don't exist, but you wish they did. And that's part of the Well, it's, of yeah, it. part of it is. But uh, even so, they're more well-rounded than most characters on network TV. Well, you know? if you look at the characters other than, uh, and you know, all the characters' names are already escaping me. What, what is the sort of central couple's name? Um, Bruce, Bruce and Susan. Bruce and Susan. Other than Bruce and Susan, Bruce is an investment broker, so he probably has a little bit of real money coming in. But other than that, all these folks are really blue collar kind of folks. I mean, or at least, you know, like lower level white Tom collar. and Trina aren't. They're Tom rich. and Trina, well, Tom is an airline pilot. I mean, that's not she, rich, you know. Well, I mean, she has making a bu- okay money. She has a bunch of money from somewhere else that was mentioned okay. at some point in the hmm. show. They live in that big house and that rich neighborhood that susan hmm. and bruce moved to because yeah i, I didn't know about her money. airline pilots make a lot of money don't they well not now i mean maybe they maybe did they then the i don't know but all but, their friends but the thing rich. about like susan's money or not susan's money trina's money i didn't know about that because that basically makes the whole premise of an essay i read somewhere wrong oh <laughs> so anyway we can just scratch that point out um i was going to just throw a shout out to Twitter and say that Darren and Joseph also suggested we should talk about Swingtown. It's always good to get Twitter suggestions as well as voicemails and emails and all these other good things. We really miss Swingtown now. We're really sad that it's over and there's a possibility that Cable will pick it up or even Showtime or something. There there was an article I think in the New York Times that said uh, Showtime might pick it up. The interesting thing I think is that Apparently, when it was first being written, it was written with something like Showtime in (laughs) mind. But I think it's actually, in a way, it's better that it ended up on network TV because it made it a little more interesting. It's like you were talking about a while ago, like... Um, telling clean jokes is harder than telling dirty jokes. It is, absolutely. And there were a few things where it was kind of like you could tell... You know, it was just because it was on K- on a network TV. Like they said, "screw" instead of "fuck," and you're like, they wouldn't have really. They would have said "fuck." Yeah. But for the most part, I think they did a good job of making it not ridiculous, and um, and it was more interesting. You know, it's interesting and important that the focus of the show was not on, you know, ooh, kinky, crazy sex all the time, everybody's fucking, but on the relationships and communication and friendships and how all that plays out yeah i I think the thing with a show like that on cable is there would be at least a temptation in place at some point maybe late in 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 the show's run to start cutting corners and just have the sex be the central attraction without putting a lot of thought into the writing 
And on network TV, you don't have that luxury because you can't show the sex, or at least not much of it. And what Ellie was saying and what we said in our first review about there not being enough focus on communication, I think they took care of that. Uh, They got better with that later in the show. Well, it's interesting because you saw that that, uh, Tom and Trina do communicate. I mean, not perfectly, of course, but nobody's ever perfect with that kind of thing. Uh, It's Bruce and Susan who had real problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had problems at the beginning and they continued to have problems. Uh, So it just kind of goes. Susan and Roger, for that matter, had problems. But it's not like the kind of sex that you choose, it's the communication or lack thereof that can really affect a relationship. And as the show was coming to an end, you saw both Susan and and Rogers and. Susan and Bruce, Susan and, and, Bruce Janet and Roger. Janet and Roger. I'm getting all these character names mixed up. You saw all, both of those relationships on the verge of unraveling. Um, one other complaint that I that I would have to throw out there is is I think, and this has nothing to do with, with the writers. I think I think these storylines were accelerated oh, because yeah. it they knew it was going off the air. I, I think there's a lot of things that probably should have played out over two or three seasons of the show that ended up being played out in one. Because they were just trying to get it all and out one there. one short season, because remember, when the show starts, it's July 4th weekend. When the show ends, it's Labor Day weekend. So yeah. all of this stuff happened over the course of two months. And it's a lot of stuff. And they left it, they ended it with a major, several major cliffhangers. So, you know, I guess whoever can pick it back up. But I think you're right that they, the writers, knew that it wasn't going to ex- stick around on network TV. So they accelerated it. And I can understand that because, I mean, it's really amazing that it got on network TV in the first place. So that in and of itself is an accomplishment, even if it's not perfect. It's something. I mean, it's better than having, you know, the same old bullshit. And another thing, just real quick, that I think is interesting and good about the show, too, is that it's the only show I've ever seen, you know, that's on network TV or any kind of mainstream media that deals with feminism and presents it as you know a part of life and not the butt of a joke and it's just in the storyline and it's not like ooh, this the feminist like a huge deal like it's just part of some of the characters lives and you know it's just there and um i think that's really important too um i don't really think i've seen that mentioned Anywhere in uh, anything I've read about it, but uh, I think it's a really important thing. Yeah, I agree. So, too bad that Swingtown's gone, but hopefully it'll come back somewhere. Yeah, fingers crossed it'll get picked back up. You know, it, it may not be gone yet, but it, it is for now, and probably is for... It probably... I doubt it'll come back the next TV season. It might be the season after. Maybe they'll put it out on DVD. Yeah, probably will. So, next subject. We have an email... That we got from a fellow named Jeff. Would Speaking you, of swinging. Yes. Do you want me to read it or would you like to read it? I'll read it. Um, my girlfriend and I have been thinking about checking out one of the Swinger Clubs. Found your podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're first timers. Unsure what to expect. We were still left with one question. In the mattress rooms and other such soft places, what is done regarding cleanliness and hygiene? Once a couple finishes their business, are there fresh sheets to put down or just the next couple throw themselves down in the evening's accumulation of sweat and other unsavory leftovers. Is there any standard procedure that people follow to keep this under control, like using condoms or something? Um, well, I'll just kind of try to 
say what I said to him in the email. Actually, if I can scroll down. Yeah. I can't use a mouse with my left hand. <laughs> um, but the way it works is at Trapeze, when you go and um, get your, like, go to the locker room and change and you get a towel. And when we first went there, we were kind of like, why are they giving us towels? I mean, who's going to be modest yeah. back there? The whole point is to be naked and have sex. And then we realized, oh, the towels are not for covering up. The towels are for practicality. Because whenever you sit down or lie down anywhere, you know, it's a common courtesy. You kind of put your towel down first. Yeah. Especially if you're fucking there. And, you know, every once in a while, yeah, we've put our toe in a wet spot or something. And that's gross. But, I mean, really, I w would prefer if they had, like, attendants, you know, who changed the sheets and stuff. But I guess they figured that would be too difficult to keep up when it's busy. Um, yeah, I mean, I can think of pros and cons of that approach. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe there'd be people who'd be uncomfortable with those people just kind of hovering around right there. I don't know, but there's so many other people there's around. There's attendants yeah. walking around that area all the time. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I don't know. But I would prefer that those people at least were close by and would at least go when, when there's not a lot of activity there and change things up. And they don't maybe really they seem do. to. Maybe they do, but I haven't ever seen I've them. never seen them. I think um, they should. It's not impossible that they do, but I've never seen it. And I don't care if it causes a little inconvenience. I think it would be worth it. Yeah. And every once in a while, you get some people who don't put their towel down. Yeah. And that's just super gross. And like I said in the email, I wonder if they're the same people that don't wash their hands in the bathroom. Yeah, I like, think so. I just... I don't get it. Something else you mentioned in that email was the surprisingly low rate of condom usage in trapeze. Mm -hmm. Some of that, uh, I agree with what you said in the email, is likely attributed to these are either long-term couples who are just there with each other and there to watch, or they're couples who know each other and feel like they know each other's histories and it's okay. But Which is still I, questionable. It's still a little... It, yeah, that's still questionable, but... Um, there clearly is at least a little bit of uh, pretty risky behavior yeah, there, and uh, that's not cool. I mean, I said in the email, you know, and here I'm going to probably sound like draconian, but I don't care. Um, I think it would be cool if there was a sex club that was condom mandatory. Yeah, even for regular couples. I mean, I mean you know, you we know, don't make... use condoms when we go there. We don't use them ever, but... I would be fine using one of the yeah, not that big a deal. Yeah. I think it's. I think it would be a good example. Yeah, I would be fine with that. Maybe one day when we're rich and <laughs> we'll and we'll start a condom a leisure time. Sex yeah, club. there we'll you go. Start one. Okay, so just a couple other things we wanted to talk about. We are actually this coming week. We're heading to Augusta again to catch a screening of the three faces of eve at the miller it's actually at the what theater is it's it at? at the imperial theater see there's uh yeah. there's a couple of theaters in downtown augusta the imperial theater um, is an old theater that's still open it used to be used for movies and that sort of thing now it's used for concerts plays movie screenings you know all kinds of stuff um, the miller theater is another old theater that's been closed and vacant since the 70s and it's just been decaying. Uh, recently, like in the last couple of years, Peter Knox, who's from the Knox family, is the second richest family in Augusta, bought it and he replaced the roof because the roof was leaking. So he replaced the roof, but he was trying to do something with it, but I guess just nothing worked out. So now he's trying to sell it again. 
and um, which is sad because it's a really cool place. Yeah, the and, idea um, was they were going to try to get either like a college or a nonprofit group to take it over. Apparently that didn't work. And, and the cost to replace a roof was just a fraction of what was necessary to restore the place. Basically, replacing the roof was just to stop the bleeding and to make mm -hmm. it so it didn't just decay rapidly. Because once the roof starts leaking, it's not going to be long for, for any building. So the event we're going to um, is a two-part event. This, there's a screening of the Three Faces of Eve at the Imperial. This is actually um, a repeat of what they did last year um, to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the release of the movie. Because if, if you don't know, it was based on the the woman it was based on um, was from Augusta, and when the movie premiered in 1957, it premiered at the Miller Theater. And so they did a screening at the Imperial last year. They're doing it again this year. And then that'll be followed by a tour of the Miller Theater. Mm -hmm. And since I've never been inside it, I'm really intrigued and really excited about it. Yeah, me too. And we might do a podcast. I mean, we'll probably definitely talk about it uh, after we do it just ourselves. But we might do like some audio interviews with people yeah, there. Quite possible. And then I guess just the last thing, uh, we've been looking for a house. Um, we'll be buying a house early next year. And we've been looking at a lot of parts of Atlanta. Um, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Right now, I we've, we've been all over the city. Right now, I think we're favoring two areas, East Atlanta and what was it, Kirkwood? Kirkwood. Kirkwood, those are the two areas we found the most that we've liked. We, we really like Kirkwood because it's a very convenient location, yet it feels pretty kind of tucked away. And, I'm loving Kirkwood. Yeah, lots of nice little old houses there. East Atlanta, I you know, there's there's a lot of great houses there as well. Also, a lot of things in walking distance. We toured. We both have written blog posts about this. We, we you know, if you, if you want a rundown of every area we've toured, you can go read our blogs. Um, but just a couple of things about where we don't want to live. Um, not to make it into a big negative thing to end on a note, but. Um, we didn't get a good impression from Grant Park for one, just we didn't like the area. That's that's not it doesn't have anything to do with people. More importantly, Midtown Atlanta would be a great area to live if it weren't for people who were assholes. There's a lot of assholes in Midtown. There are a lot of and assholes. And it's so in Midtown. funny because they talk about how they're so diverse and liberal and everything. It's bullshit. Yeah, well, they're I don't want to say they're they're like stuff white people like because they are though they well no, are. no the reason I don't want to say that is because I think it's I think the difference between like stuff white people like is that it's not like a malevolent thing yeah whereas these people are just fucking pricks yeah so that's kind of a consideration it's kind of a shame that a nice area is is ruined by assholes if we found a really awesome deal there I don't know we might consider it I mean. I really liked living in Midtown for two years, but it was like the northern border of Midtown, so yeah. I wasn't really in all that. So maybe if we live up there, we won't have to deal with those people very much. Yeah. And if you live in Grant Park and would like to convince us to reconsider your neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're wrong about Grant Park. You know, you tell us. Maybe we just drove around the wrong parts of Grant Park. Maybe there's something completely awesome over there that we have missed and that is actually not in a ridiculous price range. So if that's the case, set us straight. And yeah, set us straight. And if you think there's somewhere else we should look, let us know, but it has to be inside the perimeter because yeah. we're snobs like that. Yeah, you can let us know calling 678-389-9441. 
uh, or emailing info at gapodcastnetwork.com. I don't know. You got anything else? I guess that's it. We'll talk at you again, hopefully not in four more months. Yep. Thanks for the voicemails, y'all. The song you heard in this podcast was Flux by Drop Trio, available only on Magnatune.com. Thanks for listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network. Visit us at gapodcastnetwork.com. If you have a question, comment, or drunken rant, leave us a voicemail by calling 678-389-9441. Who knows, it might be featured in a podcast. You can also email us at info at gapodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>